Okay. So as in the end of Megillah, Mordechai HaYehudi was beloved by most of his brothers. I'll never forget this guy he used to put on film with in prison. Baruch Hashem was long left prison. Whenever I said to him the, the uh, words that Rizal says, you're supposed to say before you pray, I kept, accept upon myself the mitzvah to love your fellow like yourself, he'd always say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah to love most of my fellows like myself. <laughs> now, it sounds like he was being, uh, but he was, he was being honest. Yeah. He was being honest. Well, he's got a few fellows there. That's right. You know, and the Talmud says that not everybody loved Mordechai. Only most of his brothers loved Mordechai. Not everybody. That means some of the Sanhedrin, some of his fr- brothers, some of his fellow members of the court s- disassociated with him. And Rashi explains the reason why they disassociated with him was because since he was now in a position of leadership, he was no longer doing what he did before, he wasn't learning Torah as much, therefore they stopped talking to him as much. The Gemara says it's greater to study Torah than to save someone's life. How do we know this? Because the Megillah lists Mordechai after four people in the beginning, and then later on, in, um, sorry, in, early, not in the Megillah, in Ezra, Mordechai is listed fourth in the list of sages. And uh, in Nehemia, Mordechai is list, listed, um, I, I, I think the, the Mashka is on the left, let's go in order. There's one place Mordechai listed fourth, one place he's listed fifth, and he's listed sixth in another, in another verse. Because since he was, became a member of the uh, parliament, if you will, of Ahasuerus, so the sages stopped respecting him as much. So, that's, so therefore the Talmud says it's greater to study Torah than to save someone's life. So it's not understood. This rule, that it's greater to study Torah than to save someone's life, they could learn, the, the sages could learn this from the Megillah itself. The Megillah itself says that Mordechai was only beloved to most of his brothers. So some of his brothers left him because he stopped studying Torah in order to be preoccupied with saving lives. So how come the Gemara has to learn this from other books, from Ezra and Nehemiah, where the, the order he's listed in those books, you can learn this just from the, um, from, from, from the Megillah itself. Why do they need that, um, those, the, those other uh, verses to prove that it's greater to study Torah and to save someone's life? Some commentaries explain that from the Megillah, sorry, yeah, from the Megillah, all you can learn is that the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, believed that studying Torah was greater than someone's life. But doesn't mean that Hashem and heaven has the same opinion. And therefore, the answer, the Talmud proves, from another way, the Torah itself lists Mordechai in a different order in, in other books that were written after he became a member of Ahasuerus' parliament. And that's why he's listed later, because the Torah views him as having lesser um, standing. But this explanation of those commentaries isn't so smooth, because the ones who left Mordechai, the ones who stopped associating with him so much, were the, the members of the Sanhedrin. They, everything they did wasn't because they, you know, they weren't like snooty people, they were part of the, they were like, you know, part of the Bagats in Israel, part of the high court in Israel. These guys were, were people that did everything they did according to the law of the Torah. So, what's wrong with 
the proof from the fact that some of the Sanhedrin left him, why do we need the proof from the other verses in Ezra and Ahem? We're not satisfied with the explanation of the commentaries. There are a couple other questions. If indeed it's true that it's better to study Torah than to save lives, then how come Mordechai's name is listed um, in a, in a, with lesser standing um, in the later verses in the Torah which describe him after he was appointed to the Parliament of Achashverosh, how come he's listed at all? Why is he listed at all? He, he shouldn't be counted. He is, their whole essence is about Torah, he is not. If it's indeed lesser to be involved in saving lives, so why is he even, why is he even on the roster? Question number two is, it seems from the verse that Mordechai's position as advisor to the king continued for a certain period in which he was only beloved to most of his brothers. So the question is like this. Um, Mordechai should have decided to do one of two things. Either he should tell them, guys, you're wrong. Why are you leaving me? I am doing the right thing. This is, the Torah. This is exactly what the Torah wants. And if he doesn't feel that what he's doing is what the Torah wants, so he should have left his position and returned to studying Torah all day. What's going on? There is something going on for a long time where people are disassociating with him. So what's going on? Either he should respond to that and say, no, I'm right, or he should respond to them and leave his position of prominence in the court of Achishrevesh. So understand this by first paying attention to the words of the Megillah and the words of our sages. He was beloved to most of his brothers. Some only of the Jewish court left him. That means most of the Jewish court agreed to what he did. Some didn't, but most did. So it's understood that the fact that some of the Jewish court left him is not a proof at all that studying Torah is greater than saving lives. The opposite. If most of the Jewish court said this, what he was doing was right, so that means they agreed. So you can't prove from here that it, was, that it was really a mistake what he was doing. On the contrary, most of the court agrees. It's also understood why his name was listed in other verses at, with less prominence, because most, only less prominence, but he still was in the list, in the roster, because most of the Jewish court agreed with him. But on the other hand, we have another question. If most of the Jewish court agrees with him, so they should have overruled the other minority. How come they, um, how come those who didn't feel that way didn't follow the advice of the majority of the Jewish court and, and, and continue to con- con- consider Mordechai to be the same as before? If most of the Jewish court says he is, then why are they not agreeing? Number two, it seems according to what we're saying, that these two passages in the Talmud, um, that some of the Jewish court left him, which indicates that he did the right thing, and the other passage which says it's great to study Torah than to save lives, it seems there's a contradiction here, because if only some of the Sanhedrin leaves him, it means he's doing the right thing, because most say he's doing the right thing. So on the contrary, the fact that most of the Sanhedrin continue to consider him to be a person of prominence as before, that shows the opposite, that's greater to save lives than to study Torah. So to understand this, to first explain another thing about this, um, about this passage. It says, some of the Jewish court separated themselves from him. It doesn't say they disagreed with him. 
doesn't say they didn't like what he did. The expression separated from him doesn't mean that they disagreed with him. They didn't think what he did was against Torah. They just separated themselves from him. Because they had a different opinion about the path that sages are supposed to behave in. And their path was different than his path. And so, although they agree that what he did was according to Torah, but they said it's not our path. You can understand what this means based upon a story of the Ragachar. When the previous Rebbe left Russia, came to Riga, he made a gathering of rabbis and leaders for the benefit of the Jewish people in Russia. Among those invited was the Ragachar Vagayin. And they wanted to elect a committee um, to, um, to serve to help the Jews in Russia. They asked the Ragachar to join this committee. He refused. And he explained that his participation in that committee is an argument between the Babylonian and the Jerusalem Talmud. What's the argument? In the Babylonian Talmud, it says that the earlier Hasidim, the first pious Jews, would spend nine hours a day praying. And the Gemara asks, if they spent nine hours a day praying, how did they study Torah? The Gemara answers, because they were Hasidim, their Torah was protected and their work was blessed. That's what the Babylonian Talmud says. The Jerusalem Talmud says the same concept a little bit differently. The Gemara says, Yishalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud says, because they're Hasidim, their Torah was protected. And, I'm sorry, not their, their Torah was, their, 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 there was a blessing in their Torah, and there's a blessing in their work. The difference between the words protected versus blessed is that protected means that you don't forget what you learned. Blessed, there's nothing additional happening to your Torah study. But the, the words, a blessing was in their Torah, that means they were able to, to, to have immediate success without wasting any time when they studied Torah. That means not only did they not forget their Torah, but there was a blessing, they were able to immediately perceive what it says in the Torah. Something that would take a, a naturally a lot of time, they could get right away. So the Raghav Trevor says, so that's my um, dilemma about participating in this committee. The, according to the Jerusalem Talmud, there will be a blessing in my Torah study, so I won't be missing a knowledge of Torah. But according to the Babylonian Talmud, which is the Halacha, my Torah will only be protected, I won't, be, I won't forget the Torah, but I will be missing something that I could have accomplished in Torah um, during the times I won't be participating, during the time that I won't be learning. And therefore, I cannot participate because I won't be, I'll be missing those hours of Torah study um, if I participate. So the argument between the Babylonian Talmud and the Jerusalem Talmud is connected to what Babylonian Talmud and Jerusalem Talmud are, are all about. The Babylonian Talmud is, is with, full of back and forth, thrust and parry. The Talmud describes itself as a place of darkness. It's through questions and answers. However, the Jerusalem Talmud is just straight truth. So according to the Babylonian Talmud, so by the Hasidim um, not learning as much, but work, but started praying more, they're able to achieve only that their Torah studies shouldn't be forgotten. But they can't have a blessing in their Torah. That doesn't work according to the darker way of the Babylonian Talmud. However, according to the Jerusalem Talmud, they're able to get to the truth of things immediately, not the back and forth. So therefore, their, their path is, yes, you study, you study, you pray nine hours a day and your Torah will all of a sudden be enhanced. So according to this, you could say, the difference between Mordechai's opinion and the opinion of those who, who, who disassociated with him 
is dependent upon this argument between the Babylonian Talmud and the Jerusalem Talmud. The opinion of the greater court, um, which was chosen from the smaller court in Jerusalem, or Israel, um, was according to the Jerusalem Talmud, especially in that time period. But there were sages that arrived from Babylonia. As is known, that Hillel came from Babylonia, Rabbanasim came from Babylonia, and uh, there, was, there, there was 70 years um, in between the uh, first temple and the second temple, and um, so the members of the Jewish court were returning from the exile that Nebuchadnezzar uh, sent them into, and they returned to Jerusalem. So after being 52 years in Babylonia, um, so, so therefore they also appreciated the Babylonian way too. So therefore, Mordechai and most of the Sanhedrin were of the opinion that he should become a viceroy in order to save lives. He could stay a part of the court because he's a chassid, he'll be a blessing this Torah, he'll be successful. He'll be able to understand things immediately without putting in so much time. But there were some Babylonian members of the Sanhedrin who their method of Torah study was different, and therefore they, they said, no, when you study, when you, if you're going to devote yourself to this, your Torah won't be forgotten, but um, you, won't be, you won't have the additional knowledge that you need to have to be part of the Jewish court. And therefore some of the Jewish court disassociated with him because that wasn't according to the, um, their way. But most of the Jewish court from Jerusalem continued to, to continue to uh, associate with his path, because their path, his path was theirs as well. They're, they're all Jerusalemites. So although according to the Jerusalem Talmud, there's a blessing in your Torah, and therefore Mordechai had an additional blessing in his Torah, in his knowledge of Torah, nevertheless, um, he, he um, lost his prominence because he entered into this position. So although there is, and the reason is because there is a virtue um, specifically in those sages whose who, their sole profession is Torah. Not to stop studying Torah for any reason whatsoever. Even if you'll have all this Torah study in the world and there'll be a blessing in your Torah study, you're still not going to have that, that distinction of Torah being your only thing. And since Mordechai was missing this, this, uh, uh, this distinction, so he lost his importance among the sages, and therefore he was considered in the Torah, not, 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 not in the same position, the fifth, listed fifth, listed sixth. But despite this, Mordechai Moses and Hedron said he should do this anyways. Yes, he's not going to be in the position of Torah being his own profession, only profession, and all he's going to be missing something, and, and Torah study is greater, yet it's worth it to save lives in order to do the benefit of the Jewish people. So, it, still, not everything is clear. It may be it's true that according to what we learned, it is indeed true according to what we learned, that Mordechai has not just maintained his Torah study, but he's excelling in Torah study because it's a blessing in his Torah. And it's true also that it's worth it to lose the distinction of studying Torah only in order to save lives. But, how could he be part of the Jewish court? The Jewish court is all about just studying Torah and teaching Torah. How is he still part of this, 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 this group when he is preoccupied with 
helping Jewish people. In other words, how is it possible that members of the court themselves, um, how can they give up this distinction of only studying Torah? It seems to be their job. And the answer is, it says in Tanan Vela Yo, you know what the job of the Jewish court is? They're supposed to tie themselves with iron uh, uh, chains and lift their trousers above their heels and walk around all the cities of Israel to teach the Jewish people Torah. The halacha is that when the Sanhedrin was sent into exile and they were no longer able to judge cases of capital punishment, they, um, they, they lost a certain power. Nevertheless, they still were supposed to walk around and teach people Torah. So this teaches us that the main role of the Sanhedrin was to teach the Jewish people, and through this to help the Jewish people. And in order to help the Jewish people, they had to go down from their position. We find a similar thing over here. Although Mordechai was going to become a, a viceroy of the king and lose something of his position as a member of the court, he was going to not, won't be listened as after the fourth, but after the fifth, he's going to be missing um, the virtue of being Torah being his own, his own profession. Nevertheless, it was worth it. Uh, even as a member of the Jewish court, it's worth it because it's for the sake of the Jewish people. The previous Rebbe had a custom to steal from the time that he could study Torah himself and to serve Hashem himself to save and help the Jewish community. And he also asked the same of a significant portion of his students, and those closer to him, that they should do the same. He also instituted that even the students of the yeshiva should dedicate a certain amount of time of their studies between um, learning in the summertime to spread the Torah and spread wellsprings of chassidus. And certainly a great portion of the time that they dedicated was not used for studying with other people. It was for doing stuff to help other people. To find students, to set up a place for learning, to raise money. So that means that even the closest Hasidim, which were on the level that their Torah is protected according to the Babylonian Talmud, nevertheless, they have to dedicate their time to help other people, although they may lose, although they will lose through studying the Torah. And that is because the Raghat Shavar's behavior is only appropriate for very unique individuals in every generation. Those whose Torah is their only profession. Those who, who their role is to be like the minority of the Jewish court, and they're always supposed to increase in Torah. But the, most people, even Torah students, the halacha is that nowadays there are no people who Torah is their only profession, and we, we have to give up Torah study to help other people. By the way, according to the Rebbe says, by the, by the previous Rebbe himself, um, it says in, it says in, the, um, in the verse, Arise, let your, right, let your light rise, said the Baal Shem Tov, because your light has come, and the light of Hashem upon you is shining. The Baal Shem Tov says, You leaders of Israel, who devote yourselves to Torah for the sake of the Jewish community, sorry, you give up your Torah for the sake of the Jewish community, what will happen to you? So Baal Shem Tov says, Kumi Eri, that means, you have a, the leaders of the Jewish people have a special blessing that nothing will be missing in their Torah and their prayer. On the contrary, your light has come. They have a special blessing in their Torah. That's a unique thing. So although the Babylonian Talmud is a halacha, but for the leaders of the Jewish people, Hashem says, that's unique. Okay, what's the lesson? The lesson of Mordechai in our lives is as follows. 
As Baal Shem Tov says, if you read Megillah as if it happened a long time ago, you're not doing the mitzvah. We have to act like Mordechai. To be a viceroy of the king, to seek the welfare of most of the Jewish people and help all the Jewish people, even if most, some people won't like us. Only most of the people will like us. That means, although most people being involved in helping people in the community and doing things for the community will cause a dissent in you personally. You have to give up your personal perfection. It's worth it for the sake of the Jewish people. This is the same thing that happens to every individual. The soul leaves a high roof, the Talmud says, to go to a deep pit to, to, to get involved with the body and animal soul and to get involved with the world and to make the world a home for Hashem. And when a person gets married, besides being, having a soul and a body, he is called Isha Serebervais in the language of the Megillah, he has a lot to do in, um, uh, in his home. And he has to give up his own personal things for the benefit of his, of his family. So this is the reason why we find an advantage by those who are involved in their activities to help the community that surpasses those whose Torah is their only profession. Those people whose Torah is their only profession, the Talmud says, they have to stop learning Torah to say Shema. But those people who are working to help the community are not obligated to stop helping the community to say Shema. This is from the... This is from the Rambam and the Hadlach and Shulchan Aruch. That's an Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. This is, this is what we do. Why? Because although through, through studying, helping the community faithfully, you're going to be losing in your Torah study, you're going to be losing in your personal perfection. As the Talmud says, Nevertheless, specifically through this, there is a unique accomplishment to help the Jewish people, to help others. And if this was necessary for Mordechai to save the bodies of the Jewish people, he had to stop his looking for his own personal benefit to help other people's lives physically. How much more so is it required of us to save Jewish souls and we should give up our personal perfection to save the souls, to, to, be, to, to seek the welfare of all the Jewish people until all the Jewish people do tshuva and they're redeemed immediately. Bottom line, we, 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 have, to not, we have to look like... A, but to learn from Mordechai and from the, from the previous Rebbe's instruction to his students, and not say, oh, this is beneficial for me, and, and, and think about what will help the Jewish people. And we see the Gemara itself classifies this as having an advantage. You don't say Shema if you're helping the Jewish community. You do say Shema if you're learning Torah. Even if you are like the Ragach, even if you're like the you still have to say Shema. So it shows that, there, that, that the needs of Jewish people take precedence. It's got to do. But say still. Any questions or comments? All right, have a great day.